Every team, every topic, everywhere, this is Believe. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is brought to you by betonline.ag. Football might be over, but NBA, college basketball, and the NHL are in full swing, and the only place you should be betting on these sports is at betonline.ag. Even though the football season is over with, I'm sure you can go to BetOnline and bet who you think will be in the Super Bowl for next year. BetOnline, thanks for rocking with Mark and I. Ike, I know you like those futures bets. Head to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. That's betonline.ag. Cue the music. It's time to start the show. Welcome to the Believe in Steelers podcast on the Believe Podcast Network. I'm your host, Mark Bergen, joined as always by my guy, two-time Super Bowl champion and 12-year veteran of the Pittsburgh Steelers, Ike Taylor. Ike, I'm really excited about today's guest. Mark and Mark, going on break today's special guest down. He's one of a kind like myself. John McClain has covered the NFL for 45 years for the Houston Chronicle John, I heard this week that this was the first time in the Chronicle's existence that the publication couldn't put out a print product because of the ice storms, the power outages. What's it like right now in Houston, Texas? It's 26 degrees right now, which is unseasonably cold for Houston. Usually it's in the 40s, and, but it's a lot better than it was earlier in the week when more than a million were without power and water. Houston Chronicle had no power, even if you had been able to print a newspaper, couldn't have delivered it because all the roads were covered with ice and we were not capable of dealing with that. You know, sometimes when you don't prepare for something, it's just like Ike in a game plan. You don't prepare for it and you get beat. Next time you're going to prepare for it and be ready. Uh, But that may be another 50 years before we face what we face this week. No, you're right. Thank God everything is back up and running. I have some longtime friends from the ninth grade, they all moved from New Orleans to Houston and Dallas. You just told me that you live in Houston. Thank God, you know, some of the power came back. You said at one point some people was out was without power, which is crazy, you know, for a long span, you know, and, and, and going through that, I'm sure Texas never thought it would get that cold. But like you say, man, you just never know what Mother Nature but uh, I'm, I'm glad you up in spirits. I'm sure you know how to deal with things like that. I'm, I'm glad your mindset is in a good state and you're positive about it, even though it might look kind of cloudy. But I'm just glad to have you on the show, to be honest with you. It's my pleasure. Let's get right into it. I know Carson Wentz headed to the Colts, deal with the Eagles. We've already got all the breakdown of which team won the trade. What I want to know, John, is... Which quarterback is next in the NFL carousel? It's one of my favorite things to watch each offseason. Well, if you listen to the Texans, it certainly won't be Deshaun Watson. The Texans' stance has been on the record, off the record. Watson's our quarterback. We love him. He's under $156 million contract. We want him back, and we're not listening to people offering trades, and we're not going to. But Watson has dug in. The two sides have not spoken. He won't return their calls. Of course, they haven't met. To me, instead of letting it drag into the season and watching him hold out and lose millions and millions to find money before he reports to get credit for the season, I would, I would try to get a meeting and listen to him tell me exactly what it is 
face to face. He's unhappy with, and I'd have their new general manager Nick Casario and their new coach David Culley lay out to him their plan to turn around a team that, after winning division two consecutive years, beating Buffalo in the playoffs, they went down the toilet with a four and twelve record. And I would lay it out to him. And if he heard my plan, went home and slept on it and told me I still want out, I'll sit out, I'll take those fines, I would trade him because he's never going to be more valuable than he is before this draft when a lot of teams have quarterback needs. Deshaun Watson, what you think, your opinion, what you think he wants from that organization? I don't think he wants anything from this organization other than out. He wants to be traded, I'm sure, like J.J. Watt. He has no faith in the people running the show, turning this around anytime soon. They've got so many needs. They need changes all over their defense. The release of J.J. Watt left a big hole in their defense because he's still their best player. They'd have no running game. The only running game worse than the Texans this year was the Steelers, and the Texans had their second-worst running game in history to their inaugural year of 2002. So they have a lot of needs. And Watson, it's his prime years. He's coming off a great season. He improved in every statistic despite the limitations that I just mentioned. And, and he wants to play somewhere else. He wants to go where he believes they have hope. He has a no-trade clause, which they happily gave him because they never thought it would come into play. And so he can dictate not where he goes, well, he can dictate where he goes, but he can certainly dictate where he won't go. And if I were them and I were going to trade him, I'd start with the Jets. We have a second overall pick, four picks in the first round this year, next year, and they could be guaranteed the second-best quarterback in the draft to Trevor Lawrence. I would even call Urban Meyer, and I'd say, Urban, you've retired twice for health reasons, so you may not be coaching a long time. So how would you like to have a 25-year-old proven quarterback for the first overall pick? And even though you would trade him in the division, now he could veto that, and I don't blame him because if he wanted to be in a rebuilding situation, he could be right here. What's your thoughts on how is J.J. Watt released so smooth? Uh, J.J. Watt, who's been here, will be on his 11th year, turns 32 in March. He went to the McNair family, met with them at the home of Janice McNair, the controlling owner. She lets her son, Cal, run the organization. He laid out for them why he would like to be released rather than traded. We all knew he was gone. Everybody had said that. It was just a matter of whether it's a release or a trade. And based on what he'd done for the organization and the fact that a guy coming off his fewest sacks of his career, five, even though a lot of that had to do, he had no help whatsoever. And he also, according to ESPN facts and figures, got double teamed more than any edge rusher in the league this year. But he played all 16 games. And so they did him a solid. They did right by him, and he feels like he has died and gone to heaven because he's got a lot of suitors. Oh, yeah. If J.J. Watt comes to John McClain and asks you the question, which team should I sign with, what would you advise J.J. Watt to do? Well, first of all, there's so much speculation here in Houston where he is, along with Earl Campbell, the greatest, most beloved players in Houston football history. And if there were a Mount Rushmore for Houston professional athletes. He and Campbell would be up there with Akeem Olajuwon and uh, Nolan Ryan with a few others right behind. But uh, I'm, I'm pretty sure he'd love to play with the Steelers because he's really close with his brothers. 
But as you guys know, they got a cap problem and they don't, they got a good defense. The problem was injuries at linebackers, not the line. So I don't know if that'd be possible. Money's not going to drive where he goes. He's not going to sign with a bad team that has a lot of cap room. That's not going to happen. But when it comes down to the final two or three, and if it's even, of course, he's going to decide on where the money is. And I would think the Steelers would have a hard time, although it would be a match made in heaven if he could play with his brothers. His family would be so fired up about it. But there are other possibilities. My money's on Tennessee. Titans have Mike Vrabel, who he's really close with. Shane Bowen, their defensive coordinator, he's close with him. They were in Houston. They had 19 sacks. They were 11-5, and five, won the division despite a mediocre defense. They tried last year to improve their pass rush with Vic Beasley and Jadavion Clowney and didn't work at all with either one. But why would make so much sense? Their owner, owner Amy Adams, strunk, was the first owner, other than the McNair family, to donate money to Watts Hurricane Harvey Relief Fund. She gave a million dollars, and I've been saying, well, that was a down payment on this contract. Offer him. But, you know, he grew up in, in, in Wisconsin, a diehard Packers fan. He has a great home in the woods outside where he grew up in Milwaukee, Wisconsin. They have a need as well, and so does Kansas City, Buffalo, Cleveland. Would love to have him playing opposite Miles Garrett, and I'm pretty sure that he wants to play somewhere well, they haven't at least one other pass rusher. Because since they traded Jadavion Clowney to Seattle after the 2018 season, he has had no one on that line that defense has had to worry about. Today's episode of the Believe in Steelers podcast is also brought to you by our newest sponsor, eBay. You can find your exact shoe that you're looking for. The eBay marketplace is the place to go if you're looking to find a new pair of sneakers. So you mean to tell me I get sneakers on eBay? Yes, sir. You like the way I did that, right? Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. Go to ebay.com slash sneakers today. eBay, the world's best destination for discovering great value and unique selection. Thank you to the folks over at eBay for hopping on. As sponsors of Believe in Steelers podcast, Ike, it's really exciting to have a new sponsor here on the show. No, 100%. You know, just, just being part of the family. That's how I look at it. Better online, being part of the family. Sneakers on eBay, they look like they about to become part of the family. So we trying to get everybody in the family, bro. Of all of your years covering J.J. Watt, he's been in Houston for the last 10. Is there a particular story that stands out to you that you spent that's a favorite, whether it's on the field, off the field? I know how beloved he is in Houston, but what's your favorite J.J. Watt story in the time you spent covering him? I'll give one on and off the field, and I've never seen an athlete do more off the field. I asked him one time, why do you do so many things off the field in the community. He said, well, what else am I going to do? Sit around, watch Sports Center all day? He said, when I get married and I have a family and I'll probably coach somewhere and my time will be tied up, but now I want to use it. And I got the on-field story. They wanted Alden Smith, the third-year sophomore from Missouri, for new defensive coordinator Wade Phillips' 3-4 in 2011. And San Francisco traded up to get Smith. Then Wade Phillips' second choice was Watt. And Watt had had a great combine, but nobody paid much attention to him. And so they took him. And as a rookie, he was fine. We liked him. He played hard. Everybody talked about his effort. He had five and a half sacks. And in there, they won the division for the first time. 
They hosted Cincinnati in a playoff game. And right before the half, the game was closed. And he was being blocked. And Andy Dalton tried to throw it over him. And he jumped up and caught it, took off, and returned it for a touchdown. And that was when I tell people the J.J. Watt phenomenon was born. And then next year, he won first of three defensive player of the year awards. And there's two things he did off the field that give you an example of, of his, pers- his character. And when he was drafted in 2011, they had a lockout. So he couldn't work out with the team. He couldn't work out the facility. He was with the players. They had an organized thing away from the Texans facility. And one day there was a family here that got a lot of uh, attention because they were coming back from Colorado on a ski trip. And they had a wreck and the parents were killed and the kids were crippled. And, and the kids were in the hospital. And I read a story in the Houston Chronicle about all the people locally who were going to see the kids, the Berry family, kids in the hospital. And at the bottom of one story, it said the newest Houston Texan, J.J. Watt, has been visiting the children. So when he signed and I met him, I said, how did you know the Berry family? He said, I didn't. I said, well, everybody said you were visiting the kids. He said, I have been. I said, well, why? He said, well, I read what happened to him, and I thought I might be able to cheer him up. And to this day, he is really close with those kids. And uh, they're in wheelchairs, and, and they become really good friends. And one other one, uh, why didn't publicize things that he did off the field? People usually did. A lot of people said, oh, he's publicity crazy. He's a publicity hound. No, they did it. One time there was this little girl about six years old who told her mama she wanted to marry J.J. Watt. The mother was videotaping it. And so she said she wanted to marry J.J. The mother said why. And a little girl told him. So a couple of weeks later, the mother and dad and the sister told the little girl, we're going to go to NRG Stadium and buy some tickets to a concert. So they go there. They walk into the front lobby. The ticket office is right to the side. She walks in, and there's J.J. holding a jersey that dwarfed her with one of the people holding up a computer playing, Here Comes the Bride. And the little girl came in, and J.J. got down on one knee and asked if she would marry him. And then he danced with her around the lobby, and the parents put it out. That shows what kind of guy he is. And that's why he's going to be such a big loss for Houston. But he wanted his release. He got it. And everybody should be very, very happy for him wherever he goes. And that's including if it's Tennessee, where I hope he goes, because I'd like to see him twice a year for the rest of his career. See, I was thinking Cleveland. But just to piggyback off what you were saying, uh, I'm going to go with a Coach Tomlin reference. Coach Tomlin said you can't have too many Watts on your team. So it's obvious that he sees and he knows something about that Watt family. If he had the cap room, which I don't think he has, he would get a J.J. Watt. What, do I think J.J. Watt would love to be with his, his brothers? Yeah, of course. You know, I think he likes the organization. I think he likes his brother. I think he likes the defense. I think if he goes there, Coach T will let him roam around and just kind of be free, do what he want to do. But I'm thinking Cleveland. And the reason why I'm thinking Cleveland is because they do have the cap space. They were a playoff contender. They did go into Pittsburgh and beat Pittsburgh and Pittsburgh. They do have an upcoming offense. Stefanski, the head coach, man, he's a he's an upcoming coach. You can see the team really likes him. They do have Miles Garrett on the other side, and what about JJ on the, on the opposite side? So that's how I'm looking at it. And plus, they got a lot of first rounders 
on that defense. So I'm thinking it's not far-fetched if J.J. Watt do go to the Cleveland Browns, one, because of the cap salary. They have a lot of money they can play with. Two, he's seeing how Baker Mayfield has progressed since Stefanski. Three, you got running backs between Kareem Hunt and Nick Chubbs, OBJ Jarvis, and Ninjoku Hooper. So he has the pieces that he's looking for. He might feel he can be that X factor on defense to get them over the hump. That's certainly a possibility. And if he went to Cleveland and helped them take that next step, the only bad thing is we'd have to see more of those Baker Mayfield commercials. See, I want to see either Tennessee or Green Bay sign Watt because we can keep him out of that division. And from an offensive standpoint, you got Miles Garrett on one side and Watt on the other. Pick your poison. I think that if he were playing with TJ, those two guys on the opposite sides, they are so competitive. I mean, they've been competitive. We've heard stories since JJ was beating up TJ in the in the den and in the yard. And they are, have such a great relationship. I'll guarantee you, if those two guys are on the field at the same time, it would be so much to watch because not only are they close, when you've got people that competitive that always want to best the other one, that's the only, only thing that can lead to is success for your team. Ultimately, you, you said he hoped he signs with Tennessee. Where do you think J.J. Watt winds up? A lot of people think Green Bay or Cleveland, Kansas City and Buffalo don't don't – sleep on them. And, and, and another one, he wants to compete for a Super Bowl. What if Tom Brady and Bruce Arians call him and say, hey, come over here, have fun, compete with the Super Bowl. You can hang out with Tom and Giselle on their yacht, trail around Tampa Bay, great weather all the time. I would not rule out the Buccaneers, but I'm still pulling for the Titans because he could certainly help their defense and he'd get to play against his former team twice a year. It's crazy. You name the teams that are tax-free states, Florida, Texas, and, and Tennessee. Well, you know when you're making that money, that tax is important if you haven't choice. And as he said uh, yesterday on Twitter, a day before, he said free agency is wild. His agent, Tom Condon, lives in Nashville, and J.J. knows that team inside and out from playing against them twice a year. And one thing I told him, you go there, you're going to get a lot of breathers on the bench while Derrick Henry's controlling that ball. 100%. And a guy your age would look forward to having all those breathers instead of a lot of three and out. And Tampa Bay could fill that void potentially because Shaq Barrett's going to break the bank this offseason. So you're right there. He is a potential fit there. We'll see who ends up winning the J.J. Watt sweepstakes. John McClain from the Houston Chronicle, thank you for joining the Believe in Steelers podcast. We certainly appreciate your time this morning. Guys, it's my pleasure. Good good luck to all the Steeler fans. I hope they get J.J. because I know how much fun it would be with him and T.J. and Derek. Guys, thank you very much for having me, and stay safe. Mr. John, thanks for your time. My pleasure, Ike. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.